Previously, on A Romp Across Aethna. That amulet is giving off a very dark aura. You make a joke that maybe it just doesn't like fates. Finnark, grab your bow and quiver. Get up to the second level and start raining death. Shouts and cheers roar through the major road as the townsfolk celebrate the successful defense of their home. A Romp Across Aethna, Episode 5. Twins Crossing Transactions. When you roll over, you find your bed empty of your white-furred employer. The drained wine bottles and scattered clothing foretell the endless nights you and Lady Roxa have spent on your journey to Twins Crossing. While the days keep you busy with your required guard duties, it's Lady Roxa's relentless appetite that leaves you feeling happy, but exhausted. However, you're more than thrilled to enjoy the rewards of your previously agreed-to contract, the noblewoman's worldliness as a lover has opened your mind to new experiences that you will never forget. At the sound of voices shouting from outside the carriage's windows, you decide to get up. You throw off the fur blanket, put on your clothes, and take a few swigs from a nearby wine bottle. You've still not mastered the differences between the particularities of wine. However, you're pleasantly surprised at this one's crispness, which leaves you feeling refreshed. The taste of wine is growing on you. Stepping out of the carriage, you stretch your body as you take in your surroundings. Since you all arrived at Twins Crossing late last evening, Lady Raxa parked the caravan near the Western River. You see where the town gets its name as you overlook the confluence of the two nearby rivers. The city's buildings are congregated along each of the river's edges, built on stilts to account for seasonal rains. Rope bridges pass between fishing huts, crisscrossing high above the water. From what you've heard from Lady Roxa, while the city is on the smaller side, its geographical placement is critical for the surrounding towns and merchants. Because of that, its population has doubled in size nearly every year since its inception. A familiar voice calls to you from on top of Lady Roxa's wagon. It's about time you got up, Adelina says. After all the howling you two were making, I was wondering if she'd finally worn you down. You laugh and rub the back of your neck, trying to think of what to say. You and Adelina haven't spoken about your time with Lady Roxa, and while there wasn't any commitment outside of herself proclaiming you as her champion, you're unsure of how that complicates your own love life. You figure now is the best time as any to talk with her about it. When you ask her if she has a problem with you and Lady Roxa, she cocks her head before flying in front of you. No? Why would I have a problem with it? As you stumble over your words, trying to explain the reasoning for your question, Adelina waves her hands in front of your face. Slow down. You're not making any sense. What I think you're asking is if I have a problem with you sleeping with other people? When you nod your head, Adelina lets out a bellowed laugh. You should listen to yourself. You sound ridiculous. Of course I don't care. That's like asking if I care that plants pollinate with each other. It's a natural thing that's to be expected, especially given your short life. As you let out the breath you were holding, she flicks you on the nose and points her finger at you. However, I do have a problem if you pledge yourself to another supporter. Remember, you are my champion. Don't go around thinking you can take on another sponsor, even if it's one of the divine. Doing so would go against Septimus's will. You found me, and I found you. Her huff makes you grin, and you swear to her that you'd never let that happen. She smiles and places a kiss on your cheek before holding her nose and pointing to the nearby river. Good, now go bathe. You smell like booze and a wet dog. Reassuring her that's your next destination, you turn and head to the last wagon, where the rest of your gear is stowed. By the time you reach the carriage, the southern heat already has you sweating. You reach into your pack and pull out a fresh pair of clothes and your cleaning supplies. When you turn to the river, you notice Chorus and Finnick are busy fishing. Chorus is standing near the edge using his natural skills to scoop up nearby fish, while Finnick is using an arrow tied to a rope 
to pierce any seafood unfortunate enough to come under his sharp gaze. With the finesse of a professional exhibitionist, you pull off your clothes, throw everything at the edge of the river, and shout before jumping into the water. When you surface, you're greeted with the laughter of your companions. You watch as Finnick joins in the revelry, stripping all of his clothes and jumping in. The cool water is a wonderful reprieve from the warm, humid air. It's moments like these that you are glad you left the confines of your home. As you three float in the river, your companions prod about your time with the boss. They elucidate that they've noticed how much time you've been spending in her carriage, pressing you for explicit details of your nightly escapades. You stand and place your hand over your chest, declaring that you are a gentleman, and saying anything would do the lady a disservice. A small trout smacks you in the face, no doubt thrown by your barren comrade, erupting you all in a fit of laughter. You go to the water's edge, grab your soap, and begin bathing. While you wash yourself, the two men tease and chastise you. They claim that the boss is playing favorites with her new toy. You laugh it off, only to have it seemingly reaffirmed by Uriah. The mousefolk man shouts that Lady Roxa wishes to speak with you. You curse at your friends as you hurriedly finish your bath and slog your way out of the water. Once you reach the river's edge, you dry off and put on your clothes. Before you leave, Finnick and Chorus both join you. Each of you shakes hands, knowing this may be the last time you ever see each other. You thank Finnick for the tricks he taught you with a bow, and Chorus for saving your life. The two are quick to remind you it was a debt paid in full. You wish them well on their journeys before shuffling to the wagon. Grabbing all your gear, you march toward Uriah. You wave to Adelina to join you, and your fey companion sits herself on your shoulder. The three of you walk down the road, until coming up on a large building with several pulleys and loft doors along the side. Helping unload the wagons are several men with bristling mutton chops that are taller than the carriages. Their wide bodies and tree trunk-sized arms and legs make them seem built for the task. It's been a while since you've seen a dwarf up close. However, their size makes a minotaur seem small. In front of the building, Lady Roxa is standing with a tall, barrel-chested man. He's wearing a feathered hat that seems to complement his blue-green scales and elongated mouth. Uriah stops in front of you before you two reach the pair. He offers his thanks while he wraps his arms around your leg. When he pulls away, you see the watered, irritated eyes of the emotional man. He tips his thistle hat before departing back to the caravan. While you stand there, watching him leave, you hear sniffing coming from your shoulder. You twist your neck to see Adelina wiping tears from her eyes. When you ask her if she's okay, she nods. Yeah, it's just sad to see them go. I mean, I've only known them for a few days, but still. I was getting used to having a big group of friends around. And they're already leaving. I'm gonna miss them. You tell her that you too will miss them, but that they have their own journey, just like you. Life is about being able to cherish the moments you share with everyone, no matter how big or small. <laughs> when did you become some wise old wizard? I know that. I just get emotional when people leave. You lean over and place a kiss on the Fae's horns. She smiles and nuzzles into your cheek. <laughs> The both of you turn and walk the few more steps to Lady Raxa and her Reptican associate. The two are in heavy conversation, not noticing you until you're within a few feet of them. They both turn and smile as you approach. If it wasn't for the man's soft eyes, his long rows of teeth would leave you feeling a bit unsettled. Is this the Sevior you told me about? The man asks, pointing to you. Yes. This is the hero of Stone Ridge Meadows, along with his fae companion. Lady Raxa says, I am Adelina. The fae says, waving. A fae? The man swoops his long <laughs> snout past your shoulder, eyeing her from the side. To be in such fine company is quite a treat. May I? He extends a finger to Adelina, who promptly accepts, 
resulting in him placing a small kiss on the back of her hand. When he pulls back, the Reptican grabs his hat and takes an exaggerated bow. Bienvenido! My name is Alfonso de Manzanero. I am the proprietor and founder of Twins Crossing. Unsure if that makes him a king, mayor, or something else, you bow in response. The motion seems to tickle Lady Roxa as she begins to laugh. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> no need for such formalities! She says. Alfonso is an entrepreneur just like myself. He's not quite a king yet. Don't count me out, mi amor. One day, the entire region south of here will be mine. Lady Raxa rolls her eyes and waves her hand. I'm sure it will be. But unfortunately, our schedule is stretched thin and I don't have time to listen to more of your grand plans. I'm behind enough as it is. I need to get everything settled and get this caravan back on the road. Speaking of... Alfonso, would you mind giving the two of us a minute? Of course. I'll go check in on the status of the caravan ahead of you. You watch the man stomp over to the warehouse and shout pleasantries, before you notice Lady Roxa rummaging in her side pouch. She pulls out two pieces of parchment and hands you one. This concludes the end of your employment contract in our... <laughs> frequent transactions. She says with a wink. I told you I would help you get to where you're going, and I am a woman of my word. There are no boats here big enough to get you to the academy in a decent time frame. However, that's where Alfonso comes in. I've asked him to show you around town, get you squared away with anything you need, and help you charter passage further south. The river will take you to Weddell Bay. It's a trade port that has a large dock. From there, you should be able to find a ship to get you where you need to go. Just be careful. Little Bay is a lawless town with no official form of government. It's ran by local guilds, which tend to be a little bit more flexible with the law. Lady Roxa nods toward the parchment in your hand. That's a list of captains I've done business with in the past. It's got my seal on it, so they'll know it's legit. While it won't guarantee free passage, I'm hopeful it will help. You unroll the parchment and read through some of the names before stuffing it in your bag. When you look up at Lady Roxa, her lower lip is pinched under one of her canine teeth. She slowly raises her arm, momentarily pulls it back, and finally extends the other parchment out to you. I, uh, don't normally do this, but... <clears throat> the white-haired wolven clears her throat before nodding to the other paper. That parchment is my seasonal travel route. If you find yourself nearby on those given days, maybe we can get together again? You smile and nod before placing the scroll into your bag. With a step forward, Lady Roxa extends her hand out. You look down at her hand and furrow your brow, but relent when you see her smile. The both of you shake hands, only to have her lean in and place a kiss on your cheek. <laughs> Mwah. Good luck on your adventure, hero. I hope you find out everything about your father. And you. She says, pointing a finger at Adelina. Keep this one out of trouble, okay? Oh, I can't promise that. Adelina says. Pretty sure he's cursed. The three of you share a laugh as your former employer walks backward and waves. She turns and shouts at Alfonso, pointing her thumb over her shoulder. The two share pleasantries as they pass by before the Reptican man jogs back over to you. Oh, she's quite something, isn't she? Alfonso asks. You smile and nod while the three of you watch Lady Roxa shout orders at her caravan. You must be something special. When you ask what he means, the man just smiles. Lady Roxa is a longtime friend of mine. I've known her for years. We practically grew up together. And as yes is my witness, I've never seen her get emotional over a man. When you look back to where she was a moment ago, she's gone. It hadn't hit you until now. The thought of never seeing Chorus, Finnick, Uriah, and Lady Roxa again saddens you. You knew it was inevitable, and so you do what you told Adelina. You make a promise to yourself that you'll cherish the memories you had with them. Except, maybe the ones where you almost died. 
The large man pats you on the shoulder and extends an arm to the center of the city. The two of you walk to a small ferry that's idle on your side of the river. After greeting the ferry's owner, Alfonso motions for you to get in. You and Adelina climb aboard, sitting on one end, while the large, scaled man sits across from you. Once you're settled, the man steering the boat pushes off the river bottom with a long stick. From your point of view, the opposite side of the river seems to be denser, with the majority of homes pressed together, leaving little room for walking. The only passage between houses you can see is for public docks along the bend. It's nearly midday, and the anglers are still pulling in the day's feast. You feel a tap on your knee, pulling your attention to Alfonso, who is now smoking a lit cigar. Lady Roxa asked me to help you get squared away, he says. The boat shouldn't be a problem at all. I know everyone around town that can get you further south. But before we do that, is there anything else you need? I'm happy to give you a tour around town, if you'd like. When you state that you don't wish to be a burden, the Reptican man smiles and blows a smoke ring in the air. <sighs> burden? Oh, my boy, you are no burden. From what Lady Raksa told me, you helped save her and the business. Any friend of Lady Raksa is a friend of mine. Besides, today is my day off. It's nice for me to stretch my legs and mingle with the people. You scratch your chin as you think about the supplies you need. With a satchel full of coin, your mind wanders through the number of possibilities. However, a few ideas take center focus. Instinctively, you clutch your gut, reminiscing on the blow you received from the Minotaur. Having some actual armor for the times where you aren't fast enough would be ideal. The excitement of a nearby fisher pulls your attention as she lifts her recent catch. Since you'll be on the water for the rest of your travel, purchasing a fishing rod is becoming a higher priority. Finally, there is all the gear you've lost so far. Rations, torches, rope. There is a lot that would be a benefit for the rest of your journey. For the remainder of the ride, you detail all the items you're thinking about to Alfonso. A wide smile creeps along his face as the list gets longer. When you finish, he lets out a bellowed laugh. <laughs> Maravilloso! It's a good thing I asked. Normally, you'd have to visit a few different shops, but not here in the Wind's Crossing. Mama's got a bit of everything. When you ask him who Mama is, the Reptican just gives you a wink. You'll see soon enough. When the ferry reaches the other side of the river, you follow Alfonso deeper into the town. The city is lined with clear dirt roads full of pedestrians of every size, race, and color. Food vendors and merchants line the nearby path, filling the air with smells of cooked meat and vegetables. The buildings in the interior are built on stilts as well. The color shifts on the wood are a clear indication of why they are needed. It's hard to imagine the water being over your head. Traveling with Alfonso makes you the center of attention. The barrel-chested man greets nearly every passerby. He's courteous enough to introduce you as well, even though these are people you never plan on seeing again. While you're thankful for his hospitality, the constant repetition leaves you mentally drained and anxious. However, he makes it up to you with a pair of fried fish on a stick that he treats you and Adelina to. You don't realize how hungry you were until you take your first bite, devouring the fish in seconds. Your guide orders another pair, handing you another while he swallows the lunch in a single bite. Mmm, mmm, if you two were this hungry, you should have said something. I could have taken us to the nicest tavern in town. The fisheye soup is magnifica. Alfonso kisses the tips of his fingers and smiles. You thank him for the offer, but note that you wish to continue south as soon as you can, given the remaining length of your journey. Oh, my apologies. I didn't realize you were pressed for time. We have a long journey ahead, Adelina says. Then let us march with haste, Alfonso shouts, pointing up into the sky. You both pick up the pace and travel further into the city. The road curves up a nearby hill, where you see a large building that looks like a lean-to. 
The left quarter of the building is sectioned off for an armorer, who is busy pounding hammer to anvil. The rest of the building is a shop full of various goods. The store is neatly assorted to almost a perfectionist standard. Near the front of the building sits several homemade mannequins displaying various tunics and trousers. Further in, custom-built shelves with wooden signs labeled in ink create aisles of coordinated products. At the rear of the store stands the owner behind a wooden counter. Her skin is old and wrinkled, hidden behind a massive shell that's almost as wide as she is tall. Her long neck stretches up as she sees you and Alfonso approach. Buenas tardes, mamá! Alfonso shouts as he enters. It's wonderful to see you. Upon hearing Alfonso's voice, the smile on the woman's face fades. Even though you can tell by her tone that she's displeased to see him, you can't help but smile, as her voice is not quite like what you expected. Alfonso, Alfonso! <sighs> what curse befell me on this day to warrant a visit from you? Mama says. I've already paid my taxes. Ugh. Oh, my lady, you wound me so. Can't I just wish to cast my eyes on the most beautiful reptigin in all of Twins Crossing? Ugh, always a charmer. I come bearing gifts. I don't want them. Any gift you're trying to offer always comes with a cost shoe. Mi amor, I would never expect a recompense from a gift that I would offer. That level of greed is beneath me. Mm-hmm. You cock your brow as Alfonso waves you forward. By gifts, I mean paying customers. My friend here is looking for a variety of goods before he travels south. And when he told me what he needed, there was only one place I could think of. He better not be like the three cats and you brought to me last time. Hmm. Everything they had to offer was stolen garbage. A misjudgment on my part, which I have already apologized numerous times for. I can assure you the company I have brought forth today is one of honor. <sighs> All right, just give me a minute and let me find my glasses. You two look like a school of fish. The woman fumbles on the counter, her hand sprawling on the surface. Her loud, short whistles immediately silenced Alfonso's attempt to help. She smiles once her hand grazes over them. When she rests them on her face, the thick glass expands her eyes to a comically gigantic size. As she looks in your direction, you notice her demeanor change. She smirks as she eyes you up and down. Alfonso, you rascal! You didn't tell me your friend was so... Handsome. You look up at Alfonso's wide eyes. His subtle nods give you the impression that it's in your best interest to play long. Your guide clears his throat and smiles. <clears throat> well, of course, I only bring you the best. Mama waddles around the corner until she's standing in front of you. Her long neck stretches over both you and Alfonso as she looks down at you with temptation in her eyes. Sensing your unease, Adelina is there to rescue you. I know that look. And before you get any ideas, he's my champion. Who who said that? Who said who said that to me? Who who said that? Mama asks, squinting down at you. Adelina flies from your shoulder, hovering in front of the shelled woman's face. I did. A a fae? That's right. What's a fae doing in my sh- Alfonso, is this your idea of some kind of cruel joke? Oh, you know my heart can't take the stress. Oh, hey. Alfonso whispers, rubbing the sides of his temples. Of course not, Mama. My friend here is the fae's champion. They are companions traveling together. Uh, a fae? Traveling with a non-fae. Now I've heard everything. Tell me, Faye, why are you traveling with him? That's none of your business. Sensing things are starting to get a bit heated, you take a step forward and reassure Mama that you aren't there to cause any trouble. 
You tell her that you're just looking to buy supplies and then leave. The wrinkled woman scratches her chin before resuming her position behind the counter. All right then, you sexy charlatan. <laughs> this door is yours. Just let me know if you have any questions. Over the next hour, you spend your time browsing through the wares and trying out various clothes to ensure a good fit. The feeling you are being watched never leaves you as you swap between outfits. Once you've scoured the entire store, you stack everything you need on the counter before heading next door to see the armorer. Unfortunately, the options are rather limited. After picking through all of the available stock, you compare the differences between a leather chest piece and a used breastplate. Given your requirements of flexibility and mobility, you decide on the leather armor. When you attempt to pay, the orc man grunts and points behind him. You return to Mama with your fresh new protection to find Alfonso finishing up a transaction. He sets a collapsible fishing rod, roll of line, and a few lures next to your gear. When you ask him what's this about, he smiles and pats you on the shoulder. Think of this as a thank you for saving a friend of mine. I'd be careful if I were you. Mama interjected. He doesn't give away anything for free. Mm. You ignore Mama's advice and finish up the rest of the transaction. With everything purchased, you strap on your new armor, pack your bag, and wave goodbye to the store owner. As you leave, Mama shouts from behind the corner. You're welcome to bring that firm rump of yours back anytime. The thought of her implication causes you to shudder, and you quicken your pace to catch up with Alfonso. Forgive me for Mama's behavior back there, Alfonso says, rubbing the back of his neck. I probably should have warned you that she can be quite... Uh, eccentric. You reassure him it was no problem, and that you really appreciate the gift. Good thing we have Aralina around, otherwise I'd hate to wonder how worse it would have gotten. Oh, don't worry, Adelina says. If she got too aggressive, I would have just set her on fire. Alfonso and Adelina share a hearty <laughs> laugh while you wonder if the Fae was actually being serious. You leave that worry for another time. Alfonso takes you into the southern point of the town, where the two rivers clash together into the single channel. He explains that this is where you'll find the largest dock in the city. The variety of crafts astounds you, with the ships ranging from as basic as several logs tied together to 20 crew riverboats with custom-carved figureheads. Alfonso's grin widens as you both round a dock and approach a small, single-mast sailboat where two men are currently loading unmarked barrels. You're pretty certain they're fraternal twins, given their matching fur and whiskers. However, you notice the patterns on their brown and black coats are reversed. Brunel, hov! It's been ages! Alfonso shouts as you both approach the boat. The two men side-eye Alfonso, not stopping their work as they speak. Alfonso, what can we do for you? Well, I've brought you potential business. My friend here is looking to make it to the academy, and he needs to charter a boat. You're going to have to go elsewhere. We're not going that far. Of course not. I assume you're going through Weddell Bay? Yes, we'll be passing through. Excellent. That will be far enough for my friend. We can then charter another boat there. With the last barrel loaded, the two men approach you. They look you up and down before whispering to each other. If you want to pay for passage, you'll be paying for you and that thing on your shoulder. Bronel says. Thing? Adelina shouts. You catch her as she flies off your shoulder, holding your finger over her mouth as you try to calm her down. Once you're certain she will not fill their bodies with lightning, you agree to the sailor's requirements and ask how much it's going to cost you. The two men lean over their shoulders and whisper just out of earshot before straightening back up. Four silver a day. It should take us about three days to get down there. If the winds and rivers are good, 
If you want to pay in advance, we'll knock it down to three a day. You look up at Alfonso, who nods in approval. You reach inside your side pouch, pull out a handful of currency, and hand over the exact amount to the Katzen man in front of you. He bites each of the coins before handing them to his kin. Once they confirm they have everything they need, the two Katzen smile and move to the side. Welcome aboard, then, Ronald says. With a smile, you turn and shake hands with Alfonso. You thank him for showing you around town, and for the fishing rod he gifted you. Hmm, it's my pleasure, Alfonso says with a wink. I wish you good fortune and health along your journey. Stay safe, my friend. After you finish your goodbyes, you and Adeline aboard the ship. The two Katzen finish the embarkation process, and you all set sail. The rest of the day you spend testing out your new fishing rod. With the skill of a professional angler, you catch several river fish. You share your bounty with the rest of the crew as soon as you set up camp for the evening. While you unshoulder your gear, your fade companion helps clear the ground and starts a fire using her magic. What would have taken you minutes, she did in less than a few seconds. You reward her with a gentle kiss of appreciation before you cook everyone's dinner. After supper, you unroll your sleeping mat and make the bed for you and Adelina. After you ready yourself for bed, the horned beauty rests herself on your chest. You ask her if she was serious about setting Mama on fire back there, only to have her respond with... Maybe. The two of you share a laugh as you settle in for the night. With a full stomach and feeling the warmth of the fire, you both slowly doze off into sleep. You awake to the sound of a faint whisper. Your eyes open to the sky above. The pink and blue moons watch over the stars like two proud parents observing their children perform. You look down at your chest and realize Adelina is gone. However, she whispers into your ear again, enticing you to follow. Come, my champion. Follow my voice. That's it. Straight through the path. Just a bit further. Step beyond those trees and walk into my grove. Very good, my champion. Now, have a seat in that brush I have cleared for you. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll show you soon enough. Now, close your eyes. You have to. Otherwise, it will spoil the surprise. Are they closed? Good. Okay, you can open them. What do you think? <laughs> Lost for words, aren't you? I know, right? I'm big now. Through magic, of course. Well, after we fought those flathorns, I don't know. I just felt stronger. It was like knowledge that was hidden away inside of me was unlocked somehow. Yeah, I don't know how else to explain it. It wasn't that I've been waiting on purpose. We've been traveling and you've been spending so much time with Lady Raxa that there wasn't any time where it wasn't just the two of us. No, don't apologize. Like I said, it's totally fine with me when you're with other people. Just... Just don't forget about me, okay? Good, because you remember what I did to those flathorns, right? <laughs> that was a joke. You have nothing to worry about. Unless... <laughs> okay, 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 that was the last one. No, unfortunately, it's not permanent. It only lasts ten minutes or so before I have to cast it again, so... We have to be quick. <laughs> huh. That's a good question. I don't know what would happen if you were in me and the spell would wear off. Eh. I'm willing to risk it. It shouldn't be a big deal. Besides, I can feel when the spell is about to wear off. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's cute that you're worried about me. But I promise it will be fine. Now sit back. 
Then let me taste those lips of yours. was the second best idea I've had in a long time. Can we do it again? The taste of your lips and your tongue. I want more. <laughs> I can feel you pressing up against me. That would be a suitable reward as I work my way down. But... You're a little too overdressed. There. That's better. Even your skin is delicious. I cast the spell. I wondered if you'd be smaller since I'm big now. <laughs> but I'm happy that's not the case. I love how much you twitch when I run my tongue along the tip. of your pre-cum is so sweet. I crave it so much. That's all I've been thinking about these last few days. You're getting close. Well, don't 
don't come just yet. I want you to fill me elsewhere. <laughs> I'm just gonna climb on top here and place you right where I want you. Can you feel how wet I am? That's your fault. Is it too? <sighs> You like it when I grind along your shaft? Oh, oh, uh huh. Me too. I get to taste that tongue of yours too. Every time I slide along you. I know my champion, but teasing is part of the fun. go again. Whoa! Whoa! What are you doing? You're holding me in the air by my legs! Yeah, but how are you? Oh, 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 oh,
shaking my body like that. Make me yours. Oh, yes. Please don't stop. If you keep fucking me like this, you're going to make me come. You're going to come too? Yes, my champion. Please come in me. Take control. Oh. oh, fuck. I thought I'd be readier the second time, but it's just so fucking big. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh. into me. You're grabbing my horns. Yes, my champion. Use my body to your heart's content. Do it again. my ass and my horns. Feel every inch of me. Ugh. <sighs> 
my champion. If I could do that every moment of every day, I would be the happiest little fae. <laughs> it's been so long since I've had someone I can count on. So I just wanted to say thank you. <sighs> well, I told you how Faye on Ethna are spread out and the rest of us are back at home. When I decided to leave, I did so without knowing how lonely it would be. You've seen how people treat Faye. They think we're all bad luck or bad omens. You're the first real friend I've had in years. Thank you for making me feel welcome. I promise to help you out as much as I can along your journey. If there's anything I can help you with, don't hesitate to ask. Oh? You want to know my true name? <laughs> if I told you, you won't be able to pronounce it. <laughs> Fine, I'll tell you. But you'll have to scoot in closer. My true name is... Episode Summary Equipment changed Plus three sets of explorer's clothes Plus two weeks of rations Plus fifty feet of rope Plus one fishing tackle Plus one pup tent Plus one set of leather armor. Plus five torches. Minus five gold. Minus five silver. XP gained. Learned Adelina's true name. 200 XP. Your power grows. Obtained level three. This was a romp across Ethna. Episode five, Twins Crossing Transactions. Narration and Alfonso by Rebecca Woods. Lady Roxa, performed by Endymion VA. Adelina, performed by Kumbong. Mama, Ronal and Hoff, performed by Boshita Blasta. Audio production by Boshita Blasta. Written and produced by Ajax Ligon. Thank you so much for listening to our production. If you enjoyed this performance, please consider subscribing to Ajax's Patreon at patreon.com slash there you will gain early access to unreleased episodes of A Romp Across Ethna, art of the various characters of Ethna, participate in community events, and more. Make sure to follow all of the artists and performers on social media, which will be linked in the description. Thank you again, and we hope to have you back for Episode 6, Captain Othea and the Crew of the Sea Nymphs Song. <laughs>